So, Rob. Hey. Hey, so there's this new trailer for the new Batman movie coming out this summer. Yeah, I don't want to watch the new trailer because I want to go in as fresh as possible. Yeah, I only watched half of it for that reason. It does look very promising, but it definitely looks like Batman's, you know, not mentally yeah, well. Yeah, um, Robert Pattinson, I think, is going to bring a lot of grit to the character. Not saying that Batman yes. isn't gritty already, but I think Pattinson using the last decade or so of his off-Hollywood stuff is going to bring more character to Bruce Wayne. Absolutely. And one thing that that kind of occurred to me while I was watching it, you see a lot of Catwoman yes. in this movie, You in this trailer. You don't see a lot yeah. of Riddler. And I'm wondering if this Batman is so unwell that maybe he is Riddler. Um, that could be a possibility, but I know who's playing the Riddler, and <laughs> oh. and I know they want to keep it under wraps. I got spoiled. Okay. I Don't tell me I got then. spoiled from IMDb, and I didn't. I didn't want yeah, to get they're, spoiled. They're bad yeah. about that. Um, my worst IMDb spoiling is really kind of a shame, but it was uh, when Zombieland came out. I w- I I knew that uh, Bill Murray. Yeah. Bill Murray was going to be in it. And that ruined that whole surprise yeah, for me. Yeah, like, I'm really bummed I found out who Riddler was. But I'm also extremely excited to see who they bring, like, what they can bring. Yeah. Yeah, do they have a release date announced March for it? 18th or, like, mid-March. Okay. It may have got That's pushed too to May, but I'm pretty sure it's still March. Yeah. That, uh... Yeah, it doesn't have a release... Oh, wow. March oh, 4th. Great. Yeah, and Matt Reeves yes. is directing Very it. Very excited. Who, yeah. Matt Reeves did, uh, he worked on the Planet of the Apes movies. He also did that American remake of yep. Let the Right One In. Which, honestly, for a horror remake, I wasn't I prefer too bad. that to the Swedish version. I'm in the minority for that, but I just really like Richard Jenkins. Oh, Richard Jenkins is a phenomenal yes. actor. And I, I think that the Let Me In does away with some of the more problematic mm-hmm. stuff of the original that I remember being in the Swedish version. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, the book is a lot... It gets into gender politics and stuff that I think there just isn't enough time to deal with in that film. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the book, and but just the, kind of re- the Swedish is considered a classic. And yeah, I, it's very slow mm-hmm. and it's more moody. And uh, the vampire in that one... Um, is it's kind of like the crying game it's a it's a boy that's been mutilated and raised as a yeah. girl which the film just didn't have the time to deal with properly no, the movie's like an hour and 50 minutes and anything longer yeah. than that i think people would kind of start to snooze yes and that's just not a thing you want in your vampire yeah. movies at least not in america no, we don't no, want we want blood <laughs> um, and gore yeah and that movie has plenty yeah. of it but you gotta wait for it uh yeah. So, on that note of blood and gore, well, sort of, <laughs> we're going to be taking a look at some uh, some Shakespeare adaptations today. And before you get too bored, you know, before the audience gets too bored, we're going to be taking a look at a very, very loose uh, Shakespeare adaptation that's fun and full of songs, and then one that's really creative and dour. Yes. So join us for that so after us- the intro music.
Welcome back to the Crossroad Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Rob. I'm your other host, Ryan. And as we said in a, our prologue there, we're taking a look at some Shakespeare films today. The first one being Disney's classic, The Lion King. A lot of fans think this is one of the best, or think this is the best animated film of all time. But Ryan and I are here to discuss whether that's true or not. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I love this movie. I saw it in the drive-in when I was a kid. I think I was 10 when it came out. Maybe I was 8 when it came out. But 94. Man, I loved it. Yeah, I was 8. I loved it. I was 2 when this movie came out. Um, (laughs) I definitely saw it as a kid. I don't know when I first watched it, but I had the VHS. I watched it all the time. It was probably one of my top 5 most watched VHSs after Aladdin and Nightmare Before Christmas. And, like... There's no use beating around the bush. Like, this movie's a classic. It's a near-perfect yeah. film. And, like, oh, yeah. watching it as a kid, it's just stunning with all the colors, the catchy songs, the cute animals, the dark, gritty yeah. villain. It's got everything you could want. Yes. It has one of the best villain songs in all of Disney, as far as I'm concerned. For sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think also... Um, what make this is an adaptation of Hamlet? It's a very, very loose adaptation of Hamlet. It just takes the basic ideas pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I do like that they they kind of stick to that. They have Simba sort of playing, uh, playing Hamlet basically. Like he runs away for thirty years when he knows that there's all, well not thirty years. Lions don't live that long, but however long. Uh, in line years, you know, it it's is, like, and, what, eight? Yeah. He's gone for... He's definitely a kid and comes back as an adult, so... Yeah. And, you know, you get frustrated with him. You have Timon and Pumbaa, who are funny, but, like, flawed characters, yeah. and that's interesting. They're the comic relief. Because uh, this story is yeah. very dark. It is. I mean, uh, Scar sucks so much as being king that he sends the river away. Mm-hmm. He literally <laughs> kills Mufasa. Yeah. That scene scarred a lot of children. Yes, no pun intended. No. Oh yeah, and I do think that um, that Scar is a very fun character. Like he's he's very he's a funny. Villain. He's petty and yeah, he's he's clearly coded gay and like '90s gay, mm-hmm. which is kind of iffy. Yeah, but he's fun. Yes, he's a very dark villain. He'll do whatever it yes. takes to get what he wants. But the way. But Jeremy Irons brings a lot of character to Scar. He's not yes. just the typical Disney villain. He adds so much depth to him, and you can just hear that with his voice inflection. Yeah. He has... I mean, Jeremy Irons is not exactly unknown, but he's not, like, a super well-known uh, actor, at least not in America. I would say um, he's, like, lower A, upper B list. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's in a lot of stuff, and but he does also a lot of, like, lesser known stuff yes i mean he was alfred in the Zack snyder batman movies Mm -hmm. but he also was like in the director dvd dungeons and dragons movie yeah yeah i feel like he'll do whatever he wants as long as he likes the script yeah oh yeah and he's in a great movie called the mission that i really like um he was in uh the last the man in the iron mask and kingdom of heaven which is you know if you watch the director's cut it's quite good he has this very powerful voice, but he can also modulate it higher, and that's how he kind of gets that sort of hammy voice. Yes. But I even as, sure. as far as character goes, every character in The Lion King is their own person. Simba 
is he's basically the vessel for the audience yeah. to be in this world and they do a really good job of making a animated 2d lion re- relatable to everybody and i think that's the greatest achievement in this movie yes i do think that matthew broderick is horribly miscast as simba but that's a different thing um i think he does fine as simba <laughs> Like I, I can't really think of anybody else that would rather voice Simba. I do think it's weird he doesn't sing his parts though. That Who's... I find really weird. Yeah, I didn't realize they had a different singer, but now, yeah. that, now uh, that you mention it, yeah, John Williams' son, um, who at the time was the singer for Toto. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't understand why, but that's uh, it's not like Matthew Broderick doesn't have a career on Broadway to fall back on or something but yeah maybe uh, they just wanted to say with music by Toto in the trailer <laughs> so that's something Disney would do yeah. they did have Elton John write the songs so yeah but that's nothing new for Disney well he never wrote anything else for them but uh didn't he do yeah. um who did Toy Story Randy, Randy Newman, Newman did Toy I think Story, yeah. yeah all right so I'm wrong on that one <laughs> One thing that I thought was really funny is that from like a behind-the-scenes thing is that uh, Katzenberg, who was still in charge at Disney at this point, was convinced that Lion King was going to be like a splash and then Pocahontas would be this huge wave. Mm-hmm. And Lion King came out and was one of the best-received animated films ever and is still yes. highly regarded. Pocahontas just kind of is an afterthought. Yeah, when I think 90s Disney, I think Aladdin, I think Lion King, and I think... Um... It's really the big two. Because it was made by the B-team, and it, it's such an enduring legacy. There's all these sequels to it. They had a bunch of TV shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Disney sequels are usually not great. Yeah, I think I definitely saw 2 and 1.5 as a kid, but I haven't watched them in at least 20 years. Yeah, yeah 2 is uh, it's not great, but it does have a couple good songs and uh andy dick is probably the most tolerable he's ever been in his life in that movie which isn't saying much (laughs) it's been so long since i watched it i can't contribute anything to this conversation (laughs) (laughs) so i'll take your word for it yeah so uh to get back to theme just for a moment uh, before we uh, take a break and, and come back with our second feature how do you think this succeeds as a shakespeare adaptation um honestly i'm not too well versed in shakespeare it's I think the last time I read them was in high school English. So as far as my knowledge on Hamlet goes, I think it's a pretty fair adaptation. I think it hits the biggest plot points pretty well. But as for the nitty-gritty details, I think it does its own thing very well. Yeah. I'm more familiar with or with um, Hamlet than I am with Macbeth, mm-hmm. which will just give away a game a little bit. We'll uh, come back to that. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it does go in its own direction, but I like that Tone and Pumbaa are sort of like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and giving them their own sort of uh, character in the 1.5 sort of makes sense. Yeah. Even though it doesn't really fit with canon or whatever, but they're the characters everyone remembers anyway. Mm-hmm. They're the and, comic uh, relief. That's who yeah. people want. Yes. And like, like, they're on screen way more than, for example, Nala is, mm-hmm. or even Mufasa, which is kind of a shame. Although he does manage to make a great impression in the what little screen time he does have. Yeah, Mufasa is the crux of the whole film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that just that powerful voice is... It's, it's so nice to see him do such a 
warm character after everyone associates him with Darth Vader. Yeah. Israel Jones just has that phenomenal voice. Yeah, like, like you really can recognize deep, it powerful instantly. Voice. Yeah, and just, it almost sounds like a lion roaring, which is, mm-hmm. makes him great casting. Definitely why they cast him. That strong yeah. voice with a strong king character. Yeah. And I've, I had totally forgotten about the hyenas for a moment, um, which was supposed to be Cheech and Chong, apparently. That's but, funny. But Cheech didn't show up, so they had to, like, pull in uh, Whoopi Goldberg. That's so funny. And the other one is still Chong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, to, um... Sorry, the other one was still Cheech. Chong didn't show up. Okay. Uh, because um, Cheech Marin tried to become a serious actor for a while. That's funny. And yeah. He c- didn't really succeed, but he's been in a lot. Um, yeah. And before I forget, um, did you see the new live-action Lion King from a couple years I ago? I did not. Me neither. But um, <laughs> CGI animals do not count as live-action to me. So No. They had live-action backing plates, yeah, which was the same thing as a movie that Disney did like 20 years ago called Dinosaur. Yeah. That's not very good, honestly. Yeah. Um, just the, the plates are live-action, and just, I wonder if they just sent out like a... They probably just had a giant yeah. um, green screen over yeah. the, the backgrounds. and I don't know. If you're making a live-action Lion King movie, I don't want to see CGI animals. I want to see either yeah. real animals or people in animal suits. <laughs> Yes, which I think would have been better Agreed. because they just didn't know what to like. John Favreau is a phenomenal director. He just doesn't know what to do with that kind of material. Yeah, and you know they were like, make this movie or you're not yeah. doing any more Marvel stuff. Yeah, and then he went off and did The Mandalorian, yep. which I think is probably one of the best things anyone's ever done for Disney in a long time. Huge hit, massive success. Yeah, yeah. but I think he just doesn't know what to do with a. Lot, like an animated film to try to make it approachable it's just it's no. none of them have really worked honestly yeah they like, gave tim burton two tries and he's both he didn't do well either one yeah uh, the live action aladdin i didn't care for um yeah. what was the other one there was another big one beauty and the beast beauty and the beast i didn't see which i think is the best of the lot and i still would rank it far lower than the original yeah i think the honestly i think the only one i saw was aladdin so I didn't I see that one. By that point, I'd given up. Yeah, at, <laughs> honestly, when those started coming out, I was so fed up with Disney and their studio yeah. movies. Yeah. But that's really all I have to say about Lion King. This movie's been beaten to death. So we're going to take a, a bit of a break and come back with Joel Cohen's new release, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Welcome back to the Crossroads Podcast. And for our second film, we will be discussing the new adaptation of Shakespeare's Macbeth, The Tragedy of Macbeth, written and directed by Joel Cohen, based on the play by William Shakespeare. And it stars Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, Brendan Gleeson. I want to say uh, 
Catherine Hunter as well. Oh, she who was steals the show. We'll get into her character later, but she was yeah. absolutely my favorite part. Yeah. So Macbeth is a. It's, as the name implies, it's a tragedy. It's about a, an overly ambitious king who, you know, keeps doing worse and worse things and becomes a tyrant and is eventually uh, taken down. And it's uh, it's been adapted probably hundreds of times. Yeah, the play's over 400 years old. Yes. And it's a classic. It's Shakespeare. Everybody knows the story of Macbeth. And yes. um, Denzel Washington plays Macbeth, and he does a fantastic job as Macbeth. Yes, um, he's so good. I went into this knowing nothing about the casting. I don't even think I saw a trailer for it. I just I saw the poster and thought it looked cool. And then you mentioned wanting to see it, so here we are. Yeah. And as soon as Denzel came on screen and was Macbeth, I was immediately yeah. hooked. Like yeah. he, Denzel's always fantastic, as we know. And he absolutely owns this movie. Yeah, because in the beginning, he's supposed to be, you know, kind of sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And that has to drain over time. Yes. And I can't think of many other actors who can do that better than Denzel. No, he has so much range. Mm-hmm. And to be able to say this thick, intense dialogue and make it intelligible and like understand his emotion and all this stuff, mm-hmm. it's great. Yes. And to play his opposite, Frances McDormand, yeah. she's also always fantastic. And oh, yeah. as Lady Macbeth, she does really well to even out Denzel's, like, yeah. his demeanor with her. And that's more such grounded. a tricky part as well, yes. because she needs to be the more evil one for a while mm-hmm. and then slowly go mad. And to be able to hit every single point of that, you need a phenomenal actress yes. like Frances McDormand, who I think... Has three Oscars now for Best Actress? Yeah, at, at least. Yeah. Um, I, I think feel for, like um, I think she'll be nominated again for this, and I think yeah. Denzel will be nominated for this. Yes. She has won three Best Actress nominations, or three Actress Awards, sorry, um, which I think is the same number that Meryl Streep has won. I think but Meryl Streep has time. four or five. She's, she has at least three. Um and she won for producing Nomadland as well. Frances uh, yeah. McDormand did. Um, but this is a killer performance on both their parts. Yes. In terms of acting, there's another complete standout, which we briefly mentioned, and that's Catherine Hunter. She plays the witch, or witches, yeah. as anyone who knows Macbeth will know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, her performance is all physical. She has yeah. to do a bunch of contortions and deliver this dialogue while maintaining this creepy demeanor Mm -hmm. and whenever she's on screen like i couldn't even blink she just sucks you right into the the story she uh, i mean you get the idea that she's like a, a mad person she's talking to herself in different voices that are all very creepy mm-hmm and she looks into the camera a number of times like looking directly at the audience uh there's some really creative things done with the with the writing where a number of smaller parts are combined into one role mm-hmm. and Catherine Hunter also plays this old man who shows up a couple times in the mm-hmm. play with like a fake beard but it's clearly obvious that it's her yeah um, which Wikipedia tells me is a thing she's done a lot so um, you said in the play 
and that yeah. takes me to something I want to discuss with this movie is the set design. Yeah. It's oh extremely God, minimal, and it feels like you're watching a stage play because mm-hmm. it you can tell the backgrounds are just like matte and painting or whatever. Yeah. But the the foreground is all clearly sets and is very minimal and high focus on the shadows. And the movie's yes. all black and white, so the contrast <laughs> between the dark shadows and the bright environment is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's and it's such a, like a, a sharp black and white mm-hmm. where the only gray that's there is there intentionally. Yes. It's not like a fuzzy black and white like you can get if you, someone doesn't really care. I mean, this is phenomenally well done. Do you know if they shot this in black and white or do, was it color graded to be black? I and would white? imagine it was color graded, but like prepared to be shot yeah. in black and white. Cuz I Just I know like yeah. For example, Adam's family, the house they shot was pink because in black and white, it looks blacker than if they just yeah. filmed black. So yes. it kind of makes me wonder if they did something similar. Yeah. the I mean, the framing is phenomenal. There's so many interesting angles, and the castle just looks wrong mm-hmm. somehow. Like, it just feels like it's a space that doesn't quite make sense. And when they show it from the exterior, it's so, like high above everything else it's like a looming presence just yeah. watching over the land yeah the the music is really just foreboding yes. and creepy as well um something i gotta say against it not because it's bad for the movie but just yeah. because you gotta mention it is the dialogue it's all old english it's yeah. thick words mm-hmm. you kind of gotta really pay attention to make out what they're saying so I would recommend anybody watching this put on subtitles if you can. Yes. Especially yeah. for a first viewing. Um, because I saw it at the theater and the room was very echoey. So it was hard mm-hmm. for me to really focus on everything they were saying. Yes. I think the staging does a very good job of telling the story without necessarily needing to understand too for much sure. of the dialogue. But for it sure. definitely helps. This is masterfully directed. Yes. Um, this is the first Coen Brothers film with only Joel. Ethan uh, apparently does not want to do film anymore. He's focusing more on, ironically enough, theater. Interesting. He seems to be happy with what he's doing, according to uh, Carter Burrell. They've yeah. been working together since the early 90s. So. The 70s, I think. 70s? Yeah. The Coen Brothers? I think the Coen Brothers have been working together for a long time. Oh, 80s. Their first directorial film was in 84, Blood Simple. But they were well, writing stuff before that. Yeah, they were, and they did Raising Arizona in the 80s. That's 80s? I thought that was 90s. Yeah. Damn. I'm not yeah, a big Coen Brothers fan. I feel like their movies are very hit and miss for me. For every one I like by them, there's like two or three <laughs> I don't like. Yeah, but this, yeah. I was honestly blown away by how much I enjoyed Macbeth. Yeah. It, I think it's just, um, it's one of those things where the COVID protocols that were in effect, I think, definitely helped the film yeah because it's very minimal and that's all it needs to be it feels more like a stage play than a film and that's not a bad thing especially for shakespeare yes um i just loved also that it 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 wasn't afraid to be violent but it didn't need to rely on that either yeah like the there's two or three violent scenes in this and they're over in less than 30 seconds but they're so intense yes this is uh, produced a co-production by Apple, or um, Apple TV Plus, which is weird, and 
A24, and you can definitely feel the A24. Yeah. It only got one Golden Globe nomination, which isn't boding well for Oscar nods, but I, they don't always work out that way. I think this yeah. will probably get Best Actor nod and Best Actor. Might get Best Actress. Maybe Best Director. But there was also a lot of good stuff last year, so yeah. it's going to be I mean, this it's going to be a close yeah. call. This is, I think, one of the more accessible straight Shakespeare adaptations mm-hmm. where they don't like rewrite the dialogue in modern yes. parlance. Um, it's just a kind of film that you can. It's it's only like an hour and a half, which is very short for a Shakespeare adaptation. Yes, and it's spooky and moody. The set design is phenomenal. Yeah, it, parts a, of it feel more like a horror than a drama. Oh, and yeah. Specifically when the witch is on. Yes. Oh, God. She's the first person you see. And yes. you hear her before you see her. And it, and you see her, she's doing these like crazy contortion things. It's so, so good. And um, going back to streaming, according to yeah. Apple's website, it will be up this Friday. Yeah, and I highly recommend people watch it. It's really, really good. Uh, and yeah, time of recording, think, that is yeah. the 14th. It's 14 p.m. Yeah, it, it should be. Uh, there's get this in front of your eyeballs. I I would recommend seeing it in a theater if you can and you feel safe. But mm-hmm. this would also be good to just watch on your TV or your computer at um, home. I w- I agree with you, but I also think it it could be better at home because of the subtitles. Um, I'm a theater guy, so point. so I recommend seeing it in theaters just to get the full effect of the staging and the presentation. It's done in four by three, which is also yeah. um like. Uh, the lighthouse if anyone's seen yes. the lighthouse um but yeah it does give that, I, that older feeling mm-hmm. and i think that plays into it it feels like you're watching an old shakespearean play like play out in front of you but then it, also taking into account the dialogue i think the subtitles will be a benefit to most average watchers yes i think this is a much better version than the previous like you know favorite version which was from the 70s and was no joke Produced by Hugh Hefner, <laughs> in his uh, like one attempt at making a, like a real movie. Uh, who's in that? I I haven't seen it. Like no I said, one, <laughs> no one well known. Yeah. Um, actually, Martin Shaw is kind of well known, okay. but uh, John Finch played Macbeth. Um, Roman Polanski directed it. This was his first film after the the murders. Okay. Um, after the Sharon Tate murders, so he yeah. clearly had some shit to work out. It's not great. I think yeah. this new one is significantly better in all the ways that count. Yeah. I haven't seen any Macbeth film. Like I said, I'm not too well-versed in Shakespeare, but I thought this movie was yeah. really well done. It's a great drama. It's a nice change of pace from every movie that came out last year that was two and a half hours or more. <laughs> it's a quick yeah. hour, 40 minutes. You get in, you get out. It's fantastic. And it's... A, it's it feels longer, but in a good way because it's so oppressive. It mm-hmm. has a feeling like the witch or the lighthouse that mm-hmm. just, you know, things kind of close in on you. And even mm-hmm. though it has, you know, this ending that is probably kind of a good ending, it still feels very intense. Yeah. Uh, so just to do a bit of a comparison before we uh, before we go, which do you think is a better adaptation? I think Tragedy on Macbeth is a better one to one adaptation. Mm-hmm. But I think Lion King will ultimately be more accessible because it is a family film. Yes, I think that's a very good point. I agree with you completely. I I think, gun to my head, I'd rather watch Lion King just because it's a little fun, more fun and happy. Yeah. But, but like, if I want a dark, gritty drama, I'm going yeah. with tragedy. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is a great one. There's a phenomenal poster, yeah. too. Yeah, the, that minimalist poster that just, mm -hmm. it's a little goofy, but not like, you know, yeah. it kind of gets the point across. I feel like uh, if they're going to do a Criterion collection, that they won't have to change anything. They can just use that. Yeah. I love the font, too. That title yeah. card drop when in the movie, yeah. I really like how they did that. Mm -hmm. um, I think this movie's just presented extremely well. And if you yes. like good classic mm -hmm. cinema, this is something to watch. Oh, absolutely. I can't say anything better than that.